AgriTalk is brought to you by Full Scale from Helena. Grow Strong returns this season with breakthrough foliar nutrition from Full Scale at Reproduction. And by Propane. Propane is the energy for everyone, especially farmers. Environmentally friendly propane can fuel most anything on the farm. See how at propane.com. Lots of pressure from outside markets today, but corn managed to find a bid. Is this a sign of things to come? Live from the waning hours of the week via Farm Journal broadcast, this is AgriTalk. This afternoon, it's a conversation with Naomi Bloom from Total Farm Marketing. Right after the news, Oliver Slope from Blue Line Futures. I'm handsome newsman Davis Michelson, and now... Filling in for Chip, the pride of Chicago, he puts the edge in hedge. Ted's a hybrid. <laughs> hey, Davis, how's it Are going, there? buddy? Really good. Good. Yeah, Is this on? Yeah. Is this coming Is through? Is this on? Is it on? Man, it's huh? on. It's been a while. It's been too long. Far here, too buddy? long, Ted. I'm here. Yeah. I'm here. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah, it's been a while, man. I, I, I missed you guys. Oh, missed you guys. shucks. We missed you too. You know, yeah, now it's December and we've got holidays coming up and aw. we do have holidays coming up. Yeah, it really felt like it in the markets last couple of days, I feel like. Like holiday trade? Is that what you're calling it? Yeah, slow, choppy, you know, kind mm-hmm. of listless holiday yeah. trade. That's uh yeah. you know, we've actually been fairly active the last couple of years during holiday trade. So, you know, maybe this is just trying to lull us into complacency and then give us some surprises later but yeah i don't know the last couple of days it just kind of feels like the uh the volume's not really there a lot of the professional traders may have packed up and gone home for the year and yeah yeah you know. well, i'm feeling a little slow and choppy myself Ooh, <laughs> that sounds like the okay. sweet sweet smell of burning ethanol is what that sounds it like. really does it re- that is exactly what that sounds like <laughs> and uh I gotta be honest, I miss that sound. I haven't been able to take that car out in a little while. So, uh, did not put the winter tires on it. I don't plan to. So, yeah, it's, it's probably just okay. gonna, yeah. But I, every once in a while, I gotta go out there and, and, and just rev it up and do that just to, just to feel better about the world. Well, sure. <laughs> and how can that not help, you know? No, it, 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 every time helps every time. <laughs> we all, we all cope with this nutty journey called life in our own way. Well, well, that's my way, and I like mm-hmm. it. <laughs> so, right on, buddy. Well, hey, man, uh, I know there wasn't a whole lot of news today, but do uh, you have something for us? Well, I'll say words. Spring wheat and HRW okay. contracts have recovered from early declines. Tied to expectations, heavy snow in the northern and central plains will bring much-needed moisture relief. Ted, 8 to 16 inches of snow fell over the past two days across northwestern and north-central Nebraska through much of South Dakota and North Dakota, and more is expected. Net yeah. weekly wheat sales totaled 469,000 metric tons, up sharply from the previous week and above expectations with unknown destinations in for the greatest share. March HRW wheat futures 10 and 1 quarter cents higher at 860 and 1 half. March soft red wheat gained 8 cents, 757 and 1 quarter. At last report, March spring wheat closed at 916 and 3 quarters, down 1 half cent today. Ted? Yeah, pretty good showing for the wheat today. Uh, and, and like you said, export sales kind of a pretty decent number. Now, expectations were fairly low, 
but it was a decent number and it definitely a nice bounce back from, from last week. So it was nice to see that strength in wheat. We're running into overhead resistance. Uh, wheat's trying to carve out a bottom, whether it can do it or not, I think we'll have to wait and see. Well, and by the way, I'm, I'm checking back with my spring wheat. It did close up actually one and one half cents at nine, uh, nine eighteen and three quarters in positive territory, clear out through the September 23 contract on your spring wheat. Uh, corn futures rebounded from earlier declines stemming from U.S. dollar strength and spillover from weakness in U.S. equities and crude oil. Nearby futures appear to be content to settle in around the 650 level. USDA reported a daily sale of 101,600 metric tons of corn for delivery to Mexico during the 22-23 marketing year, while posting an impressive 958,900 uh, metric tons. In export sales during the weekend of December 8, March corn futures three cents higher today, 653 and a half. May corn up two and three quarters, 653 and three quarter. July corn futures closed at 649er, up two and three quarter cents on the day. An impressive export sales week, Ted. Yeah, an impressive export sales week, but we are still 48% uh, below where we were this time last year. That's a little bit concerning. We're going to talk to Naomi about that. But, you know, despite everything, and especially the, the pressure in crude oil, the pressure uh, from the higher dollar, the pressure in the stock market, a lot of risk off happening today. Corn posting a higher close after a lackluster day yesterday, I thought mm -hmm. was a really good sign. Well, Ted, soybean futures trimmed early losses and nearby soybean oil futures battled back to a positive close after spending the early session moderately lower. USDA reported net weekly soybean sales totaling 2.943 million metric tons, up sharply mm -hmm. from 1.72 the previous week and well above expectations. Bungie Limited said today it will invest about $550 million to build a soy protein concentrate facility in Indiana to cater to mm -hmm. rising demand for plant-based food products. January soybeans mm -hmm. eight and three quarters lower, 1473 and a half. March beans fell eight and one quarter to 1476 and three quarters. July soybeans closed at 1483 and one half down seven and one half cents today, Ted. Yeah, and that's where the risk off really kind of showed itself was in the soybeans. Also, maybe a little buy the rumor, sell the fact. I, the the trade guesses for soybean export sales, I, they just seemed really low. We had a number of flash sales last week. Uh, I think we should have been expecting higher than that. So I don't think that roughly three million metric tons was a huge shock, but it was a good number nonetheless. Uh, I think second best uh week we've had this marketing year so good to see that well march cotton was 34 cents lower 7103 quickly on your livestock closes february fat cattle 85 cents lower 154.85 january feeders 55 cents lower 183.05 and february lean hog futures a buck 75 lower at 81.65 ted i believe we've got oliver slope on the line yeah let's check in with oliver slope from blue line futures oliver how's it going buddy Unmute, Oliver. <laughs> you, you'd coming. think I'd learn this week after week, right? <laughs> yeah, there you are. <laughs> we were actually chatting at you on the group chat to do that. But uh, hey, how's it going, man? What are you seeing in the markets today? Go, go well. Uh, yeah, well, you guys touched on it. Some pretty good export data across the board. Corn, soybeans, wheat all coming in. Kind of above expectations, and it was nice to see the corn market move higher uh, with some of these outside markets turning a little bit lower. 
I mm. am a little bit concerned, though, still with the technical damage that we saw on December 2nd, where we really broke down from. We went and retraced that breakdown point earlier in the week and failed. There's also some trend line resistance. So I don't think the bulls are really out of the weeds yet. I think we need to see from a technical perspective, consecutive closes back above 660 to neutralize some of that technical damage that's been done. Uh, you know, going into the end of the year, you obviously start to see volatility and participation dwindle down. And I think we're starting to see that this week. And I'm sure that'll continue to be a trend into next week's trade as well. But I've been talking with guys. It's it's a great opportunity in a quiet market to look at protecting the downside risk. You've got the CME CVOL index basically at its lowest level since the beginning of 2020. Uh, mm -hmm. So it's a good opportunity to look at some relatively cheap options. And the good thing about that is you can still remain, you know, have a bullish bias, but protecting that downside, I think is important uh, here, especially at these prices. Yeah. And especially with all the, uh, the high priced inputs that we've all been talking about for some time. So uh, that's some really good stuff, Oliver. I really appreciate that. You fit a lot in there in just a, a short period of time. So thanks again, Oliver Slope from Blue Line Futures. When we come back, we're going to be talking to Naomi Bloom of Total Farm Marketing. From powering irrigation engines to warming buildings, propane has always been a part of American farm life. Now, you can be a part of propane's future and save money at the same time. The Propane Farm Incentive Program is a research initiative that provides farmers up to $5,000 towards the purchase of new propane-powered equipment. In exchange, participants share performance data to make tomorrow's ag operations more cost-effective, more efficient, and more environmentally friendly with propane. Getting started is simple. Visit propane.com slash farm incentive to see if you're eligible. To produce higher yields and greater value at harvest, timing is everything. Full Scale from Helena helps soybeans reach their full potential with breakthrough foliar nutrition and reproduction. Full Scale delivers beneficial plant extracts and micronutrients with the added efficiency of ENC formulation technology. It gives your soybeans every opportunity to grow strong returns this season. Contact your local ag retailer or Helena representative to learn more about Full Scale. Always read and follow label instructions and check registration status before use. AgriTalk is brought to you by the Conservation at Work video series. Farmer to Farmer, the Conservation at Work video series features real stories, real successes, real quick. See what's possible at farmers.gov slash conservation. Welcome back to AgriTalk, everybody. I am Ted Seifer, filling in for Chip Flory here on this gray and for a lot of people, very snowy Thursday. Hey, Ted. Uh, and yeah, buddy. Quick question. When you're uh, when you're driving around in your uh, souped up uh, ethanol fueled hot rod, do you ever blast some uh, some Nickelback like so hard you're like, oh, my windows are not safe. The glass isn't safe in this vehicle. I need to tone it down a little. You ever do that? You know, no. But I suppose mm -hmm. if I took uh, Chip for a ride sometime, I would I would have to do that. It's he would demand band, it. You know? so yes, he yes. would demand it. Mm -hmm. And you know, when Chip demands something, we we you know we do that. So. Well, and when yeah. when Chip is happy, everybody's happy. That's how it works. That's how it goes. You know, I will be honest, though. <laughs> I uh, I do have a go to for when I am like pulling up to do a TV interview or something and uh, trying uh -huh. to, you know, kind of pump myself up. 
And uh, that is Chop Suey from System of a Down. Actually, that oh, whole no album, kidding. Toxicity, yeah. is uh, pretty fantastic. It's a great record. Yeah. Excellent yeah. choice. Yes, yes. Newsman approved. Newsman approved. Yay. Proceed, Ted Cypher. Right. All right. Well, uh, again, talking to Naomi Bloom. Uh, Naomi is a senior market analyst or strategist um, for Total Farm Marketing. Naomi, Naomi is also very musical and in a band called Cheese Tick Thunder. Uh, <laughs> Naomi, how's things going with that? I, I want to hit on that first. It, it, the reason I'm bringing that up, by the way, is because I'm looking at a cowbell that you gave me about two years ago as uh, as you, you yeah. gave one to me and Matt uh, and I think yeah. Elaine also. Yes, so. I think so. Yep, yep. Yeah, so the band is going great. Uh, we're back in the studio right now because our bass uh, guitar player is a head basketball coach at one of the local high schools. So our winter is um, just more for learning new songs. Now, Nickelback is actually a band that our bass guitar player is not a fan of. So we don't know any Nickelback music, but I love Nickelback, so I want to learn it. But we got three new songs that we're learning. Uh, so this just tells you the variety that we have for our band. So we're learning ACDC at the long way to the top. And then nice. we've got Famous Friends. Um, I think that's, um, you know, a new country song. Yeah. And then Hilarious, because our fiddle player and I, she and I do a lot of singing back and forth. So we're going to do some Spice Girls wannabes. So that is some serious, uh, like, one genre to the next. So that's what's going on with the band. That's fantastic. I would really like to hear the Cheese Stick Thunder version of Spice Girls. I, I, can't, I can only imagine. <laughs> That sounds great. That it's sounds hilarious. Great. And and you know, if you guys ever do come play a show in Chicago, I've got the cowboy bell ready, and I am I am ready to go. Me and uh, I'll I'll go. We'll I'll get you on stage. Get, Absolutely. I'll go get Matt too, and uh, <laughs> that'd be awesome. Well, uh, so you know, markets uh, today or even this week have just been I don't know. It just has a slower feel to them. We've had some movement. Um, really row crops kind of going in opposite directions or grains and oil seeds going in opposite directions. Um, yeah. I mean, wh what are you seeing right now, Naomi? Yeah. I mean, I agree with what you said on the show earlier, as far as some holiday trade mode kind of happening already, volumes getting a little quieter, not too much fresh news for the new year. I think we're seeing some um, spread trading going on um, between the row crops. It just also feels like we've got some shorter term day trading happening um, just to take advantage of the little bits of trading ranges that are there. I will say, you know, technically speaking, looking at corn charts and wheat charts, it really feels like it's trying to find some firm footing here and start to try to work higher. Now, we don't have any big news to get a big sustained rally, but I feel like we're right now done going down. And, you know, seasonally, it's kind of normal for these grain markets to work higher into the new year. And then we wait and see what's happening with South American weather for further direction after that. Yeah. So you touched on a couple of things that I, I, I want to kind of go into a little bit further. Um, but first off, you know, with corn being up, closing three cents higher today, not a big flashy day for corn. But, you know, it had tried to go down on the day a couple of times and really shrug that off. And doing it where it did on a chart, I think this was a, a bit of a win for corn today because we held the strength that we saw earlier in the week. We're still poised to sort of break out of this downtrend channel that we've been in since the beginning of the month. So I think that was a good look for corn. Now, you said we kind of are lacking for that spark or that, that big news event to, to really get corn going. But, you know, something that's been getting a, a lot of talk for the last few weeks, yet not a lot of traction in the market, is certainly the dryness that's happening down in Argentina uh, 
one of the driest springs, their spring, you know, uh, one of the driest springs that they've had in, in a really long time. Do you think that will become more of a feature in the market or do you see that weather pattern changing? What do you make out of the Argentinian weather right now? Well, I don't really see any big changes to it. It just seems like it's going to be hunker down dry and an issue for them going forward. Um, now, as you know, the Argentina corn crop isn't that much of a magnifier on the world scene, but looking towards Brazil, they've got their first crop corn, you know, getting into the ground. Of course, as you know, the second crop corn is the bigger deal. That's not planted until mm -hmm. late March. Um, that's mm -hmm. the one that we're going to be keeping an eye on. And I'm wanting to see, you know, the world export market start to pick up some pace here. There was, you know, blurbs of news that came out, but no one really gained traction on it. And it said that um, Brazil has pretty much closed the doors on any further export sales for corn until that second crop is available. So to me, it sounds like they're out. And I've heard that from three different sources, but no one has any um, story behind it. Mm -hmm. But I've just I've heard it from uh, big, bigger players in the market. So I'm keeping an eye on that. I think that you're going to see corn sales for U.S. pick up. And we had, you know, decent corn sales today on the weekly export sales, a little bit higher than expectations. Mm. So I think we want to see a little bit more of that going forward. And then, yeah, get corn back up to the higher end of this pennant flag formation. And that'll probably time out well, like I said, um, heading into the new year and then waiting to see, uh, you know, where demand is at at that point. And then also mm -hmm. keeping an eye on that South American weather. Yeah, you know, we need, we really need to see that corn export sales numbers pick up. And and you said it, it was a good day, or it was a good week with uh, just under a million metric tons in corn. But, you know, I said it in the intro, uh, we're 48% behind where we were at this time last year in corn. While we're not expecting to match last year's export numbers, you know, that's not what the USDA has on their balance sheet we're also not expecting to be 48% behind. So the news you were talking about with Brazil, if that is in fact the case, because, uh, you know, a lot of times people, will, countries will say something and then do the other. But, you know, if that is the case, then, yeah, it would be great to see more of that export business pick up. I got to ask, though, what happens if it doesn't? You know, what, what does that mean if you've got this Argentina weather problem and Brazil kind of done exporting till their second crop? If we're not going if, if we don't see those exports pick up, is, this, is it possible that demand has really been rationed now at these higher prices going on two years? Well, I would say definitely it would show that demand has been rationed if we don't see the export pace start to pick up. Um, you know, thinking down the road, um, with the feds raising interest rates and with the whole world right now trying to fight inflation, it makes sense that a lot of these countries are just buying bits as they need it. If there's a weather scare, I think you're going to see them show up and buy more aggressively because they know that um, we're still, you know, one crop failure away from an even higher price spike. But um, everyone just kind of wants to play it cool and be chill about it. Yeah. But if we don't see that as export pick up, then I think that will affect our balance sheet going forward. It's a reason why I carry out, um, you know, it, it might grow a little bit to like 1.3 or 1.4 billion bushels, which is still snug and it justifies firm prices. But then we'll start talking about next spring. And then we get back into that mode of, oh, we're going to have, you know, oodles of acres planted. And then we have to assume mm. perfect weather until proven otherwise. 
Um, so it's a precarious situation right now. Of course, I'm optimistic with it. But when you have so many powers in the world that are just trying to keep this whole thing in check, you got to be watching the news every day. You got to be watching weather markets every day. And I mean, just really emotionally, mentally be ready for why prices could last a dollar higher or why they could limp a dollar lower. I mean, you just yeah. really have to be ready for either scenario. Yeah, Naomi, uh, if, if, if we've learned anything in the last uh, three or four or even five years is that news can come from anywhere at any time and really affect the markets uh, just completely out of the blue between trade wars and pandemics and just any, I feel like anything we can throw at these markets, we've thrown at them over the course of the last uh, few years. Uh, so you, you also mentioned earlier the seasonality uh, of, of corn and how markets trade through the holiday season, usually going into the beginning of the calendar. Uh, tell me a bit more about that. And, and again, do you expect that season, seasonality to hold true this year? Well, in hindsight, seasonals work this whole past year, pretty much to a T. Um, you know, some of the moves are a little bit more exaggerated than others, but yeah, I think the seasonals are going to continue to work. Um, I had put together some um, research and, and looked back at the last 15 years to see what did March corn futures do after the December USDA report. And, you know what I mean? um, yes. yes. No, I, I led you into a question that uh, had a, a longer answer. So, you know, we're going to have to finish that thought when we come back from okay, the break. Sounds good. Yeah, so I appreciate it. Again, everybody, we're talking to Naomi Bloom of Total Farm Marketing, and uh, we're going to finish this conversation on corn and get into beans when we come back. So stay tuned, everyone. From powering irrigation engines to warming buildings, propane has always been a part of American farm life. Now you can be a part of propane's future and save money at the same time. The Propane Farm Incentive Program is a research initiative that provides farmers up to $5,000 towards the purchase of new propane-powered equipment. In exchange, participants share performance data to make tomorrow's ag operations more cost-effective, more efficient, and more environmentally friendly with propane. Getting started is simple. Visit propane.com slash farm incentive to see if you're eligible. To produce higher yields and greater value at harvest, timing is everything. Full Scale from Helena helps soybeans reach their full potential with breakthrough foliar nutrition and reproduction. Full Scale delivers beneficial plant extracts and micronutrients with the added efficiency of ENC formulation technology. It gives your soybeans every opportunity to grow strong returns this season. Contact your local ag retailer or Helena representative to learn more about Full Scale. Always read and follow label instructions and check registration status before use. It's time for Pro Farmer News of Note with Davis Michelson. Davis, what's the news that matters most today? Well, Ted, the Rosario Grain Exchange cut its 22-23 RG wheat crop forecast to well below the 19 million metric ton crop that was expected at the start of the growing season. In its initial projections for 23-24, Strategy Grains forecasts corn output will rise to 63.7 million metric tons, up 26% from a 15-year low this year. The House on Wednesday passed a short-term funding bill through December 22nd to avert a government shutdown. J.P. Morgan raised its 23 economic growth forecast for China by 30 basis points as the world's second-largest economy reopens from tight COVID restrictions. And China's central bank ramped up cash injections into the banking system today. News of notice taken from the pages of ProFarmer. Get more at TryProFarmer.com. Do it.
Opinions expressed on AgriTalk do not necessarily reflect the views of Farm Journal Broadcasting, affiliate stations, or sponsors. Our name says it all. AgriTalk. What more do you need to know? Welcome back to AgriTalk, everybody. I am Ted Seifert, filling in for Chip Flory. And hey, man, was that yeah. Corn Rocket? All right. Yeah, Corn I Rocket. I haven't heard that song in a while. Yeah. That's fantastic. Yeah. You know, you got to love when uh, corn gets some love like that. And, and corn rocket is actually just, uh, that's an exciting thing. We should talk to Naomi about covering that song. Although, I it's mean, it's idea. already kind of, yeah, I mean, I think it, it would be in their wheelhouse. It's got a, they do the rocking. Kind of rockabilly rocking sort of a thing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I can dig oh, it. Oh, yeah. You bet. You bet. There you go. Yeah. Corn rocket. Awesome. Awesome. All right. So we're going to get back to the conversation with Naomi here in a second. We are going to talk about the seasonality of things. And uh, she was making some very good points there at the end of the last segment. But before we do that, Davis, yes. Mr. Yeah. Handsome Newsman, yes, bring Davis. us to a quick market uh-huh. recap. Well, it's at March. Hard red winter wheat futures were 10 and one quarter cents higher, but 860 and one half. March soft red wheat gained eight cents to 757 and one quarter. March corn futures were three cents higher, 653 and one half. July corn futures closed at 649. That's up two and three quarter cents today. January soybean futures eight and three quarter cents lower at 1473 and one half. July beans closed at 1483 and one half, down seven and one half cents on the day. March cotton, 34, uh, 34 points lower, 71.30. February fat cattle, 85 cents lower, 154.85. January feeder futures, 55 cents lower, 183.05. In February lean hogs, a buck 75 lower at 81.65. Ted, Naomi, I don't know if you've been listening in on the show. It's interesting. The cheese stick thunder really made me think of something. I've been, I've been dropping the needle. Uh, the AgriTalk Men of Song have made an album for Christmas this mm-hmm. year of some of their holiday favorites. Um, and mm-hmm. with, with Naomi's band referencing cheese, I felt like this would be an appropriate spot to drop the needle. Stand by. Parmesan is well and good. Asiago bakes my bread. Provolone, let's have some cheese steaks. Grilled cheese that's American. Mac and cheese or cheesy mac. You can stuff it in a sack to celebrate with you. Cowbell, everybody. <laughs> That's awesome. I've never heard that before. That's great. Yeah. It's so Gouda. So <laughs> the AgriTalk Men of Song, everybody. I don't know. I can probably talk to the guys and, and see if they'd, you know, I'm sure can, they'd be can happy. Can I get in on the cowbell? Have you cover it, yeah. You can get in on the cowbell. Yeah. There's, there's room right. in the studio for everyone here at AgriTalk. That's awesome. Rock and roll, man. Ted yeah, Seifert, now back again. to you. Now I'm really hungry. A grilled cheese sounds fantastic. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, that was unexpected and also pretty fantastic. So thanks for that, Davis. (laughs) Absolutely. I'll I'll tell the guys you liked it. They'll be thrilled. Yeah, I'm sure they all will. (laughs) All of them. Every single one of them. (laughs) One. (laughs) Right. 
Oh, all right. Fun. Yay. Fun on a Thursday. Anyways, uh, let's get back to the corn conversation, the seasonality things. Naomi, I'm sorry. I cut you off there at the end of the last segment. Um, you said you were looking into it a bit. And so what are you finding? Yeah. So what happens with March corn futures, uh, 15 out of the last 15 years after that <laughs> December USDA report, um, it's not straight up, and there's been years where it goes down a little bit after the report, but ultimately, 15 out of the past 15 years, March corn futures at some point in January were trading higher than wherever the price was on that December USDA report. And the average rally over the past 15 years has been 47 cents. And so in years where the carryout was tighter, the rally was more than that. In years where we were in the doldrums, boy, we some years we had maybe like a nickel move kind of a thing. Yeah. So it's Gosh, just, you know, it's days. encouraging, um, but, you know, something to be aware of for those who are wanting to be making cash sales into the new year. And I think there's plenty of people who have that on their radar. So, so be aware that seasonality is, you know, it happens, it occurs. Um, mm. But then into January, February, that's usually when we see a, that winter seasonal peak. And if everything is hunky dory in South America, um, mm -hmm. if, if like we were saying earlier on the show, if we don't see a big uptick in our export sales, then we could see a pullback after that. So use that rally, that seasonal rally to mm -hmm. get your old crop sold and then start thinking about the new crop and getting some hedges there as well. Yeah. Wow. So you said 15 out of 15 years. Is that correct? Yes, that wow. is correct. Past performance is not indicative of future results, but Thank yeah, you. 15 out of 15 <laughs> years. Yes. If, if you weren't going to do it, I was going to do it. <laughs> That's very good. Very good. That's a true broker. That's some skill right there, Naomi. But uh, okay. So <laughs> carrying on that conversation, if we do get that, you know, would you say average of 47 cent rally between now and the end of the calendar year, what would you yep. like to see guys? I always get the question, you know, how far along should I be marketed for old crop and new crop? And in, in this case, let's say by the end of the calendar year. Um, uh, by the end of the calendar into the new year, I think you're going to want to be a little bit more aggressive than years past. This is not mm -hmm. a year to store and ignore. Um, mm -hmm. You know, that worked the last couple of years, but just because it worked the last couple of years doesn't mean that that's going to be the thing for 2023. Um, and like we had said earlier in the show, this is the year where everybody and their brother is going to be trying to make sure that these commodity prices do not take off and rally because we're already dealing with inflation on such a global front. So, um, you know, Mother Nature is going to be the only thing, in my opinion, that would be able to take this market soaring higher. Otherwise, make sure you're capitalizing on these opportunities that are in front of you. As far as um, old crop sales, I think this would be the year I'm going to be a little bit more aggressive than years past and say, you know, be between two thirds and three quarters sold because you're going to be getting close to seven bucks on a huge portion of your crop. Um, and then for new crop, I would be, you know, getting to be about a third sold because for the D's corn, you're going to be, you know, just over that $6 mark. And for most folks, you can make a profit at that level. Hmm. Hello. Got awful quiet there for a second. Yep, I'm here. Are you all right? Me? Are we here? Oh, yeah. what happened? Are we okay? What? what happened there i don't know should, uh, that, should i that, should okay. i cue the band i we <laughs> no yeah what was the last thing you guys heard me say i was talking about um so like 75 percent sold with old crop on that rally and then with the new crop getting to maybe like 25 to 30 percent sold did you guys hear that part of it no i, I didn't got that. that's yeah. great thank yeah. you for for bringing that back that was uh fantastic okay so 
just uh, just to reiterate that again, 75% <laughs> on old crop, then you said 25 to 35% on new crop. Okay. Uh, and, and you were saying that, you know, you're recommending that a little bit stronger than, than previous years. So than normal. You know, right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, so no, I was I mean, just thinking good. that the, the idea of, yeah, store and ignore, I don't think that's the thing that's going to be the best tool for this coming year because it would take just a weather issue to make this market just accelerate higher. Um, mm. So just really be aware of the tremendous value that's in front of you. Yeah. Well, you know, a point that Oliver made uh, at the end of the intro um, with the volatility being fairly low, which I, I find interesting with the fact that we're at elevated prices, right? I mean, historically elevated prices, but volatility is so low that, you know, owning protection to the downside in, in the form of buying puts, for example, um, really allows for some fairly inexpensive, uh, you know, downside coverage while still leaving the upside open um, or vice versa. If you do make sales, but you want to have uh, a hand in a rally potentially if you know the second season brazilian corn crop uh starts to fry up you can sell futures and own calls uh which is called the synthetic synthetic put so there's a lot of opportunities out there i think um in ways to get to those numbers that naomi was talking about and honestly i wouldn't i wouldn't be upset if uh you know if a guy tells me hey you know i'd like to go further than that or at least you know have downside protection on on more than that, I think that's a great idea, especially with the amount of input, uh, the the price we've paid for the inputs. You really got to protect that output. You got to protect that revenue. So, yes, absolutely. Talk, talking about inputs now, um, is it too early to start the acreage conversation, Naomi? <laughs> I always wonder that at this time of year. You know, a lot of times we wait till till January to really get into that in earnest. But do you have any thoughts on acreage yet? Um, specifically, no, I don't. Um, I for me, I'm thinking, I don't know if it's going to be, you know, kind of similar to last year, especially with the way that prices are at right now. I'm very mindful of the increased demand that the soybean market is going to be having in terms of mm -hmm. the crush and that that might need some more acres. But then at the same time, we're still back to those nine commodities in the United States that have the tight carryout numbers and they're all going to be competing for acres. Yeah. Um, and, and so I'm, I don't know where it would pan out and for me to even start to guess or throw numbers out there for me it feels premature um but yeah it's going to be top of mind and i think the other thing that you need to just remind uh, the producers of is that whatever the acre number is you have to assume record production with it because the usda always starts with that record yeah. production number for yield until proven otherwise so you're going to see um, these projections on the balance sheet look you know potentially large and that projection or perception might pull those new crop prices lower. So again, my thought for this coming year, pay attention to those seasonals. I feel like it's going to be more of a traditional marketplace and be a little bit more aggressive with your cash sales, protecting unpriced bushels after we get into the new year. Okay, Naomi, we, time flies when you're having fun. Quick 20 seconds on where you think milk's going. Uh, sideways right now. So it's a, it's a balance between we've got production that's been increasing for the past four months. Uh, our export demand remains strong. And then just our domestic market's been kind of ho-hum lately. So it's, it's kind of an equal mix of things. So sideways, $19, $20 area to me seems um, a little bit likely for probably in the next month or so. Awesome. Well, sometimes sideways isn't the worst thing. Naomi, thank you so much for coming on the show today and adding some color with the cheese stick thunder. And man, I just had fun. So thank you again for coming on the show. 
Everybody else, uh, we'll be coming back here in just a moment. Stay tuned. To produce higher yields and greater value at harvest, timing is everything. Full Scale from Helena helps soybeans reach their full potential with breakthrough foliar nutrition and reproduction. Full Scale delivers beneficial plant extracts and micronutrients with the added efficiency of ENC formulation technology. It gives your soybeans every opportunity to grow strong returns this season. Contact your local ag retailer or Helena representative to learn more about Full Scale. Always read and follow label instructions and check registration status before use. From powering irrigation engines to warming buildings, propane has always been a part of American farm life. Now, you can be a part of propane's future and save money at the same time. The Propane Farm Incentive Program is a research initiative that provides farmers up to $5,000 towards the purchase of new propane-powered equipment. In exchange, participants share performance data to make tomorrow's ag operations more cost-effective, more efficient, and more environmentally friendly with propane. Getting started is simple. Visit propane.com slash farm incentive to see if you're eligible. If the world is your oyster, we've got pearls of wisdom on Agritalk. Welcome back to Agritalk, everybody. Again, I'm Ted Seifert, Donut with Chip Flory here, and we had a really nice conversation with Naomi Bloom of Total Farm Marketing. Um, we got a lot of, we covered a lot of ground, which, you know, I always find it interesting uh, that there's, there's so much to talk about and fill time like that. And, and even when we've got some really kind of quiet sort of holiday markets, it, it, Naomi's just great at that. She, she can just conversate about really anything and, and also um, very musical. <laughs> so yeah, no, that's a fun conversation. Conversation. I really enjoy having her on when, uh, when I get a, a chance to host. So Thanks for uh, thanks for listening to that, guys. Uh, Davis, yes. how's everything going with you, buddy? Really good. Um, you know, here's here's what I found, and oftentimes I look for patterns, uh, consistencies within these radio conversations. And there was one, there was a word that Naomi used a couple of times that surprised me just a little bit, and that word was in reference to marketing's. The word was aggressive your word yeah. is aggressive yeah you know and, and, and I've, I've done a lot of different things with Naomi and been on panels and stuff like that I, I can't say that's a word that I hear her use all that very often right um right. so yeah no interesting and look I think she makes a lot of very good points because again you know we are at somewhat elevated well really historically elevated prices there's a lot to be had out there. It's not like we're sitting between 350 and 380 corn and really, you know, not a whole lot of downside risk. I mean, there, there is a tremendous amount of downside risk. And, and while she did, I mean, I thought it was a brilliant point that 15 out of the last 15 years, we've been higher from the December report to the end of the, to the end of the calendar year. Um, there's always a chance for that, that trend to be broken or to have an off year. And it occurs to me that when you're sitting at elevated prices, that really leaves the door open for it to be one of those off years. Uh, let's say the Argentinian forecast gets a lot wetter. I would think that would put a lot of pressure on the market and we'd have that counter seasonal move. Um, let's say, you know, something happens really big with, you know, outside markets. The dollar goes screaming back to highs. Crude, uh, crude oil, you know, breaks into new lows. 
stock market falls apart. Uh, any of that can have a bigger influence than seasonality does. Um, and then, you know, any sort of news event that, that again, seemingly, seemingly happens all the time, um, you know, really anything can happen. So yeah, it's a good time, really good time to be looking at that marketing. Don't get complacent. Don't just, you know, take the rest of the year off for the holidays and not pay attention. I, I think that would be a really bad thing to do. So uh, yeah, and, and I agree with her, aggressive. I, I would really like to see producers at least the numbers she was talking about, 75% on old crop. I'd even say a little bit more aggressive on new crop. I'm, I've been talking about 45 to you know 55% sold on new crop. A lot of times that December peak is the second highest price that we have over the year. And that, that highest price, isn't necessarily guaranteed in the middle, middle of the summer before we have an absolutely ideal growing season. So again, I think it's a real good time to be taking a look at, at that marketing. Well, and when, when you guys were talking about uh, export demand, country, basically what I heard was countries, uh, importers, on a sort of a hand-to-mouth kind of a system for the time being because there's really nothing all that scary going on right now that would lead them to, to buy aggressively. It feels like those those nations are kind of just assuming the Brazilian crop is in the bag and Argentina, yeah, okay, it's it's dry and you know whatever, <laughs> yeah. and that's about mm-hmm. as far as that goes. Yeah, well, so there's no sense of urgency, right? And, and that's that's why we're not seeing the export sales, and because of that lack of sense of urgency from the biggest buyers in the world, that's why we're seeing you know really a, a lethargic corn market at the moment. Um, and it's interesting, you know, because Naomi talked about the seasonality. She's friendly for corn, at least between now and the end of the calendar year. But mm-hmm. then you go back to what Oliver was saying in the in the first segment. You know, he didn't like the look of the corn chart right now. He was thinking that we're going to come down and challenge those lows, possibly make new ones. At least that's what I was gathering from his his uh, his quick talk. So, you know, it's not it's not a one sided market right now. You can make a case either direction. And whenever you have something like that it's a good time to be protected on things. And, and I'm going to go back to something that we talked about with Naomi and what Oliver mentioned. Options are cheap right now. And when options are cheap, especially when we're trading at these higher prices, it really opens the playbook to do a lot of things for marketing that you can leave the upside open and still have a very solid floor where you know you're profitable. And doing things like that in times like these, when the markets are quiet, volatility is low and, and option premiums are cheap, Oh, gosh, I mean, that's give yourself your own Christmas present is kind of what I'm thinking. So, yeah, you know. I was looking back through my notes. Uh, Oliver said the same thing about corn last week as well in his Thursday hit. He, he said what he said was he wants to be bullish corn, but the chart mm. just looks bad. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So apparently not much improvement yeah. over the uh, over the last week, at least according to Mr. Slope. Yeah, we did have the bounce early week, and then it's been kind of sideways since then. Um, but yeah, I mean, we're it, it's been a choppy sideways kind of week ever since the first you know first day of the week we had some fireworks. But since then, it's just been again. You you can make an argument e- either way, and you can see that reflected in the way the market's trading. Um, you know, again, there's two sides to this trade right now, so that is definitely something to keep in mind. Also, something to keep in mind uh, tomorrow on market mm-hmm. rally in the morning it's the friday free-for-all which is it always is. fun and it's friday yay friday hey, we're and gonna then have the pm show yeah Go we'll ahead. have we'll have april hemis along with uh jim weissmeyer and sean haney i will be moderating the uh friday free-for-all tomorrow morning Very go ahead cool. with your thought yeah. i interrupted you 
No, no, you're right. Well, I was just going to introduce you for the PM show hosting and having, uh, I think you got Steve Gregory from Allendale. Is that right? Yeah, that sounds right. That sounds right. We're going to close out the week with a great conversation. Steve, uh, Steve Georgie from, uh, Steve Georgie. Georgie from Allendale. George. He's fantastic. Um, and also, by the way, I was yeah. looking back. So looking back through my notes to find Oliver's comments, and I, I came upon November 16 of 2022. Ted Seifert of Zaner Ag Hedge, and I have, I have a, just a couple words written down here. The words are stainless steel parts and legitimate race car. Those are the notes I have for last time you were on, bro. <laughs> hit it, hit it, Joe. Hit it. <laughs> I mean, those are some good notes, Davis. <laughs> I mean, really, what more do you need to know, right? Legitimate yeah, race yeah. car, stainless steel parts. Man, Ted Seifert from Zayner Egg Hedge. We love having you on. There she is. There she blows. Yeah, she is. Ted, thank you so much, brother. Absolutely Thanks, my Naomi Bloom. Man. I Oliver Slope. Thanks, Come back, come back tomorrow morning, everybody, for the free for all.